All right. Well, um, I will present this basically as a, as a lecture and then answer questions and uh, if desired at the end. And uh, it basically is we human beings want to know the real truth about what our connection is with God. Now, when we're trying to explain the connection between God and us human beings, you must understand first what God is, and then you can tie the two together in a cohesive manner. Now, religions, religious texts start by trying to explain how everything was formed. And in some texts, there is the mention of the beginning being a firmament, or what many like to call the ether, or the substance that all things are made from, or the source. So let's get started with this in mind. I'm Michael Martin, and I hope to walk you through the processes that explain what God is and our connection to it, and then we'll go from there. Now, there are many narratives that attempt to explain this connection. So the first step is to give you my opinion of what God is. Now, my studies come from many sources, and I like to re rely not only on our sources from teachers, teachings like the Bible or the Nagamati, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Vedas, and the Quran, for instance, but we go even further and look into information coming from sources outside our normal religious text and go to teachings from sources that tell us they have been around us a very long time and they've been watching over us and at times trying to keep us on the right tracks that lead to a truth beyond our normal text, similar to where you might think the original stories would have come from written as narratives in the above mentioned text as God inspired or divinely inspired. Now explaining how I came upon this information is a story of its own. You see, I had been searching for a very long time for information that answered questions I just didn't seem to get the answers to from the normal sources. But there is a very true saying that for those who seek, they will find the answers. My, question, my quest for answers started at a very young age. But when I asked the hard questions, the normal reply was to just have faith. Well, for a person that just refuses to stop asking questions and expecting answers, you pretty soon lose faith in those that cannot answer them. At least I did. This left me for many years just giving up on finding what I felt was the truth. So I simply existed in the quagmire of these unknowns and for a long time even stopped searching and just existed in what I guess you could call a survival mode, turning to learning from the normal channels in life, like getting a college degree, finding a good job and then going on to owning my own business. And this was decently successful, but never quite fulfilled that old desire to simply know who's, to know those unknowns that no one seemed to know. Questions like, who are we really? Where did we come from? And why would we need a savior if we were part of God and made in his image? So did God need a savior? And why was God a he? In, in the first place? And why were women looked down upon as something lesser than a man? And why would anyone with special insight 
or the desire, let's say, to know these truths be burnt at the stake for presumably knowing something beyond the normal teachings, the teachings, that is, of these elitists that still didn't answer what some would consider quite simply just questions. Sometimes in history, we even find that these elitists even burnt those searching for this knowledge at the stake for having something as simple as a book. And that is a historic fact. And why would these people possessing some special assumed insight, for instance, those called witches or mystics or those desiring to have more insight even, or simply trying to gain more knowledge by learning to read, for instance, be so hated by the very ones telling them about God. And at the same time, telling them not to look outside their teachings. In other words, the teachings of these elite few that were teaching the masses. So what were they hiding and why? And at the same time, they were telling the masses that if they did not obey the commands put down by them, they would burn in a place they called hell and burn for eternity. And since this is the spiritual world and not the physical, they substituted the burning at the stake with the mental burning after death and depicted it as having no forgiveness in sight ever. Quite a discouragement for anyone with an inquisitive mind, don't you think? So who were these beings, these elitists? Some of the modern-day studiers of spirituality versus the material world calls the call these elitists the controllers, or as Lisa Renee calls them, the negative alien agenda, or simply the controllers. These controllers are depicted to be at the top of the pyramid of power and control the ones trying to get us humans to believe their agenda, whenever that, whatever that agenda might be. Well, I happened to stumble upon a YouTube video explaining some knowledge coming from a very, very mysterious source. It was the story of Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, who was supposedly a nurse that was asked to attend the crash site of an unidentified flying object near Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. This crash was very well known and still known for its introduction to off-site information from these extraterrestrial beings. And the truth about it, hidden at least as well as the authorities or the elitists of that time could from all. Matilda reportedly gave her notes from her interview with this alien, which took place over a several week period where she conversed with the surviving alien known as Errol and using mental telepathy only. Well, Matilda decided it was time to give her notes to someone that kind of understood where she was coming from and might have a better understanding than most. She chose a man named Lawrence Spencer, a writer who, soon, who she was familiar with. She did this so he could show them to whomever he wished to. Finally, now, after her 60 years of silence, after listening to and then downloading the notes onto my computer, I read them over and over, and this was the spark, the catalyst that once again sparked my interest in getting the answers I had so wanted to learn as a young man. I then read everything I could get my hands on about God and the connection between God and mankind. I read from sources like Wes Penry and his explanations of what he called the multiverse. 
his information included a lot of information gleaned from all those normal sources I mentioned above and more than Agamotti, the Davidas, et cetera, et cetera. I went on and read excerpts from people like David Icke, the idea of reptilians, Corey Good, and his explanation of his 20 and back adventures, the Seattle attorney, Andrew Basiago, and his being teleported in the experiments our government did in teleportation when he was a child, and many, many more who explained how they had what they had been introduced to outside information. This then I discovered there was a lot more information being gleaned because uh, it was coming from outside sources. And these sources were telling us they were from off planet, but had been around us basically in the background, trying to keep us and help us understand the kind of knowledge, the knowledge I had been searching for. This information also comes from websites like swaru.org, beings from the Pleiades, energeticsynthesis.com, Lisa Renee's site, and more. I will cite any information from these sources as it is depicted in my narratives and videos as they are presented to you. Well, needless to say, I couldn't stop reading. And then to learn this knowledge to the point it became almost an obsession. Now I was beginning to put the pieces of the puzzle together that would lead me to understand so much more about us humans and our connection with God, which many now call source, and how the spirit world and the material world tie together. Now, this information is what I'm going to now share with you so that you can get some of the same insight I have become engrossed in for several years now. You can take it or leave it. That is everyone's prerogative. No one should try to force feed you any information, and I certainly will not. And I don't think you will have the slightest chance of burning in hell for not listening to me. So you can take what I present and perhaps this will lead you to search on your own. Because if you do not search for the truth, it is a fact that you will not find it. I will introduce you to these NAA, Negative Alien Agenda Controllers, and what their agenda is, how it ties into the religions and why the religions hide the information from us. So to figure all of this out, let's start at the beginning, just like they did in, let's say, the Genesis. So if we want to find out about the beginnings of the universe, I feel it is necessary to first determine who the creator was or is and what it means to us as the human beings we have become and how, of course, we perceive things as in how we have put this information together to come up with some kind of a conclusion that we as individuals can understand and then believe if we so desire. There are many sources of this information, as said above, and those sources come literally from all over the universes. To get a better picture of, or let's say to start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, you must start to get, you must start putting them together, the information in a coherent manner. Question one, who or what is God? Or what is the source of all things? It is interesting that if you simply Google the word God or what is God, there are about 99,400,000 results. So wherever in this myriad of informative explanations, we should be, somewhere in there, we should be able to glean who or what God is, don't you think? So let's start with our beloved dictionary. From the dictionary data of Oxford languages comes the following definition. 
God, number one, in, Christi in Christianity and, and other monotheistic religions, the creator and the ruler of the universe and source of all moral authority is the, the supreme being. Similarly, the Father, Jehovah, the Almighty, the supreme being. Secondly, in certain other religions, a superhuman being or spirit worshipped as having power over nature or human fortunes and deity. Similar, deity, goddess, divinity, immortal, creator, demurs, an adored, admired, or influential person. Now, God as an exclamation. One, used for emphasis or to express emotions such as surprise, anger, or distress. God, what did I do to deserve this? My God, why didn't you tell us before? Good God, where have you been? Now, for another explanation, let's take a look at an explanation as presented within Lisa Renee's website, energeticsynthesis.com, under God in her Ascension Glossary, and see what it says. To get a full picture of who Lisa Renee is, simply go to her website, and you can read all about her and the information that she has gathered. Now, Renee tells us about the cosmic Christos and goes a lot into what is referred to as ascension, also known as spiritual awakening, and the expanding of consciousness that occurs when our spiritual energetic bodies connect into our physical bodies and much more. Now, she goes into a negative alien agenda or the NAA, simply put, they are the ones against us finding these truths that I told you I was looking for. These are the ones we call the controllers, the ones using AI, artificial intelligence, and mind control on us, those with the supposed ability to manipulate us, to manipulate us for their agenda. So how does Lisa's glossary explain God? You will hear some terms you may not know. They will all be explained as we progress. God from the cosmic Christos guardian perspective, the use of the word or term God is hereby defined to not be misconstrued as a personage or entity in the representation of the Godhead in the same context that is commonly used within organized religions. The spread of NAA or negative alien agenda, which I will get into much later, and the derived violent religions that highlight blood sacrifices of the personal Christ or that one on earth and is a consciousness enslavement tool in order to get people to give up personal sovereignty by worshiping external entities, thereby confusing humanity to misinterpret the source of God within as being an external person or an entity or an alien from another world. The eternal, infinite, and divine source of God can only be found deeply within the self, the inner spiritual source, that is referred to as the inner Christos, and it resides within the sacred crystal heart, and one becomes a knower when dedicated to the pursuit of truth, while desiring an intimate connection with God, in comprehending the proper context for the use of the word God and to begin to explore its deeper meanings is to dedicate to dedicate one's self to the pursuit of truth in all masters and all matters of life, to develop purity of heart and purity of mind through dedicated self-inquiry, and to pursue truth beyond all fear, 
Thus, truth seekers are sacred in universal law and are supremely protected by the defenders of truth, the Christos guardian and defenders of the truth spirits. Thus, the use of the word God in proper context denotes all it is, all one, divine, eternal source, infinite creator, center point of all union, eternal living light of God, eternal spiritual being, eternal source of intelligent creation, beloved holy presence, holy mother, holy father, and holy and the holy Christos Sophia. It is suggested to find the term or expression that best resonates with the heart of each individual in their personal pursuit or of pursuit of truth when communicating through prayers or meditations with the Godhead. The explanations continue now to cover other aspects of the word God to include the word source, as in the source of all things, spiritual and material. From the website swaru.org, we can go into their, their transcripts and search for God and find very little. But when we search for the word source, we find a lot. To understand the ideas of this website, we must realize this site is a direct communication with beings from the Pleiades, not the earth per se. To glean what these Pleiadians think God is or source is, we have to read a lot of their information to get a better picture of their thoughts on, on this. And I hope all that wish to know, to really know how they think, will look into their material as presented on this website, which is originally created by those known as Gosha and Robert. And you will understand who they are when you really search their site, which is well worth the effort, swaru.org. The gist of their interpretation of what God or source is, that is the Pleiadians, I will paraphrase and by using my own explanation of the source as I perceive it. Source or God is consciousness. And source or God allows consciousness to be manipulated by sentient or thinking beings through thought itself, producing what is thought about by the, these thinking beings in the form of a creation of a something by thinking it or imagining it to be. So God is the source of all things and the source allows manipulation or creation by thought from the God sovereign beings residing in the source material as sentient beings that think up forms of creation using their thoughts within the consciousness. So God is the source of all things allowed to be manipulated by thought from sentient beings connected to the source itself. A continuous circle of creation from thought through a point of attention of thoughts until these thoughts dissipate back into the source they came from when the point of, of the point of attention is lost or dissipates through lack of focus or lack of attention or keeping the point of attention and keeping the form of that creation intact and that focus if if and if that focus wanes and is lost, those creations simply return back to the source material from which it came. The point of attention then being the glue that binds thoughts together until of a point until a point of attention focused on a creation, keeping it in focus 
or when that focus dissipates, the creation simply returns back to the source from which it came, which will bring up questions about how do we see the physical world and how does that that connection uh, match with being a, uh, a physical force. Now, to come to this conclusion, you have to read and focus your attention on what is being said by these Pleiadians until you reach your own conclusion as you may perceive it. And this is my perception only. So let's look at another source. The essential reality of God and self in Hinduism from HinduWebsite.com. Hinduism, God of self. Are, then they're used interchangeably, God and self. In many scriptures and Upanishadic verses, which I hope I pronounced that right, they refer to the same eternal, infinite, and the absolute reality. However, now some schools of Hinduism not only draw a clear distinction between God and self, but also de describe different types of individual cells, such as the bound cells, Buddha, the eternally free cells, Nitya, Mukta, Mukta the liberate cells, Badha, the eternally bound cells, and so on and so on. Now, if you wish to follow Hinduism, please go to their website, hindu-website.com, to get their full explanation of how they perceive God. Next Let's look at African traditional concept of God. Africa is a big part of the uh, of the history of this world. It's a critical analysis by, hopefully I pronounced this right, Shafiul Islam, MD, Didarul Islam. These two have an abstract. The abstract is oneness of God joined its moral vision with the traditional activities, which have opened the way to the triumph of the African traditional religious followers and their ex ex expectations of life and spiritual satisfactions, monotheism's insistence of the concept of one God directs their lives in every dimension and points towards dignity, gratefulness, values, achievements, hopes, etc. And it is important to note that within their traditional culture and religiosity, there is a potential spectrum of possible perspectives on the inner significance of the spiritual tradition, including how they associate with their feelings, social behavior, and actions. This paper introduces varieties of prayer, types of offering, devotion toward God, and routine works broadly found in different traditions and vary significantly among various tribes or societies. The critical analysis indicates various tribal aspects and identities and, identi and identifies the diversity of African society and the concept of one God in the same vein. Diversity of the Supreme God is quite common in various monotheistic religions, but the way of God's true appreciation and acceptance in African tradition culture can be really commendable and interesting as well. Introduction. God is the supreme entity to the adherence of the traditional religions of Africa and is considered to be the origin of everything in this universe. In Africa, God is viewed in both imminent and transcendent dimensions. This very idea of oneness of the supreme being 
is core to the followers. And this belief creates no place for the atheists in their traditional concept of God. There is no sacred text in written form, but the root of this traditional idea of God is mainly taken from Proverbs, short statements, stories, religious rituals, prayers, songs, myths, etc. So the knowledge of God is a gift given at the time of birth to a newborn, newborn baby, according to an Ashanti proverb. No one shows a child the supreme being. One, knowing about God is believing, is believed to be an intrinsic, intrinsic knowledge to the religious adherents, along with the tradition, the traditional culture presented through Islam and Christianity. They have insp inspired them the most. So African religions take inspiration and encouragement from the morality and the belief system of Christianity and Islam, but they have their own original exploration of religion. Now, uh, God is characterized by many prime attitudes, including concrete knowledge, according to John S. Mbitu, Mbiti. It is tough for a person to be detached from his or her religion, for to do so is to be severed from his roots, his foundation, his, content, his context of security, his kinship, and the entire group of those who make him aware of his own existence. Two, there are several examples of this thought. Human beings are limited in all aspects, but God is designated to be great, supreme, omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, sustainer, transcendent, and imminent, self-existent, and prime imminent, etc. No entity or being is comparable to God. Now, there are 18 pages within this narrative, and are really one really should look at the entire context, and the uh, basically that will get, help you glean the intent of this writing by the uh, by those authors, Sanapul Islam, M.D. Majoral Islam. My conclusion about this: the above examples are a few of a myriad of explanations of who and what God is. Now. To continue with the explanations, you must go to these individual sources and continue your reading. You continue your own reading and do your own research or search for their inter interpretations individually, individually. And then make your own decision as to your own interpretation of who and what God or source is to you, as was presented by the simple search. There are millions of thoughts on who and what God is. So continue your search as, after all, it is your search. That is all I want to throw at you right now. And uh, I can, I'm open to questions. And the next podcast or lecture, I will go into how the consciousness, the God being, uh, and the matrix ties in together with us here on this planet and how we communicate within it. I hope, uh, hope that gives you at least an introduction to how I want to present God and uh, and the consciousness as a whole. Do you have questions? She, can you unmute us, Sheila? Uh, yeah. Yes, um, man. So this is a very, very um, in-depth 
um, topic. It's, oh, man, God, right? <laughs> Very controversial. Bill, I thought that if you're going to start, you got to start at the beginning. Oh. And the beginning to me is an explanation of, of what God is, at least in my interpretation of it, because everybody's going to have their own, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just a source <clears throat> that people can use to go and do their own research. Right. And I hope it helps. Yeah, and I think it will, because I'm going to do my own research as far as understanding the different cultures and religions mm -hmm. and how they perceive God. And I don't know, like, ever since I was a, a child, um, I remember very, very vividly um, back in the islands, I was visiting my grandma one summer afternoon, and as soon as I got there, I don't know, something just felt different. Just the atmosphere felt different. And as an adult now, I feel like, I don't know, I felt like I, I might have crossed over into another dimension or something. It was very, very weird. I lost time. Probably like mm -hmm. about a, a half an hour or so. I lost. I didn't know where it went. Um, and I remember having, I was probably like about 12, okay? And I remember having this thought like, out of nowhere, out of the blue, like, I didn't know why I thought about this, but mm -hmm. I was thinking like, who is God? You know, and I had that question when I was like a little, little girl. And I remember my mom saying, because at the time we were Catholic. So mm -hmm. I remember my mom saying, oh, don't question God. You don't ask that question. <laughs> and I'm like, but who made God? And I was like, who is God's father and mother? And mm -hmm. all the questions that my mom didn't answer to me, she was like, Yeah, where did it come from? Yeah, she's like, Gosh, child, like, why are you asking all these questions? I can't answer. Only God can answer it. <laughs> so, well, it's interesting that they were mentioning in this the, the fact that babies, they know what God is instinctively. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very true. Because yeah. um, when we get later into the aspects of of uh, of course uh, of reincarnation, mm -hmm. then we can see that that child has got memories that are coming up from their past, and yeah, they're they're very connected to God, especially in those first six or seven years, yes. where they're basically only thing they have is their intuition and what they're being fed by their own environment. So right. it's an interesting concept, right? Yeah, very interesting, very very interesting, and my goodness. That afternoon, I remember just thinking, like, for some reason, my thought was just on God. And I remember doing research uh, later on in life. And I was like, what if, why haven't I ever looked this up? Um, I looked up the word God and then it said, oh, it's a German word. So I was like, okay, so it's just an English, a <laughs> uh, German word, I mean, not English, um, to label this supreme higher being. So I was like, okay, so I don't have to call it God. That's just a title that was given to it from Germany, right? 
Mm-hmm. We're going to start to right. think of it like that too. That thinking of it like that alone will start to make you. It'll start to make your brain start to work like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Now, so this is just a journal. Well, we've been calling it God yeah. all our lives, right? Yeah. Well, so, you know, okay. when you think of God as just being the consciousness as a whole, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense because, and especially if it is manipulated or allows us to manipulate it through our consciousness and our thoughts in within that consciousness. So to me, that, that part of it ties together better than any explanation that I've ever been given that yes. it's God is consciousness. Right. And there is a universal consciousness, which mm-hmm. is the, uh, the epitome of God itself. And mm-hmm. then there are all these minor consciousnesses under it presented by each individual within their own little matrix that has the, the uh, the concept of the consciousness within that matrix, making that matrix up, which I'll go into later. But when you start putting these pieces of the puzzle together, then you, you can see us human beings as being in this bubble on Earth. And yeah. the consciousness that is within it is us. Mm-hmm. We are just in different little vessels called bodies or biosuits that, that are here. And when you start putting these pieces of the puzzle together, it just expands and you start saying, oh, yeah, okay, we are the consciousness that is God itself. And God is within, not external, like the the religions were were saying in um, Hinduism and this kind of thing is, yeah, we're we're all it. Right. We make up God. God makes us up. And that's right. it's a good tie-in. Yes. And and right now, in, at this point in my life, that's my understanding of, of God, of what God is mm-hmm. um, at this point in my life. And I wanted to say something else about my thought. Um, <laughs> just go ahead. Yeah. Come back to me. Yeah. Well, so, Michael, if we're all God, why are we not all attracted to each other? Well, we kind of are in a way because what know, is yeah. what what attracts the the uh, the attraction is we present a frequency within this mesh of consciousness that describes us as a uh, as a frequency itself. Now, we have different levels of frequency that is in that is within this mesh of consciousness. So when we Take frequency as a uh, as a way that things are put together because you can you can almost view the um, the consciousness itself as energy or potential energy. The potential energy then is transformed into creations through our thought process, which brings it together as a frequency and locks it into place. So the frequency itself is on each individual. Each each um each each thing that appears to be a materialistic thing has its own frequency, and even a uh, a uh, a soul has its own frequency. Now, mm-hmm. when you start saying, "Okay, then what attracts one to another?" is the light frequencies or the frequencies that line up together, and they start attracting each other. Or if they're in opposition to each other, 
they are not going to jive. They're going to be like um, magnets coming together with both poles uh, together. They're they're going mm -hmm. to separate and not Hell, yeah. to stay together. Yeah. So so frequency is a big part of the consciousness itself, and it is a manipulator within the consciousness that allows that consciousness to bind together in a form that we would see as a physical being, a physical form. So all of this ties together in the overall concept of things. So you've got the consciousness, which is God. You've got the frequency within the consciousness that is that is basically presenting a form by taking a frequency and putting it into a, um, a, a realm of its own that makes that being vibrate in its own frequency. And then when people come together and they have that attraction to each other, that simply means those two frequencies are very much on the same wavelength and they're, they're attracting to each other. And we get around people that we just immediately don't want to be around. And that is those that are that are not in our wavelength. They they don't think like we do. They don't have the same concepts of things that we do. And we clash and separate. Yeah. So. So how do the same frequencies find each other? Through the law of attraction. There are four basic laws that we live under. There is the law of one, which is basically the the God itself, the the being uh, the the being whole, uh, the whole consciousness. Then there is the the law of uh, a free will. Free will. Uh, well, let's skip that one. Let's go back and say the the law of uh, the law of um, unconditional love. Now, when you have unconditional love and you combine that with the law of one, then all of the beings, the frequencies that are within that consciousness, all sh should share that frequency of the law of uh, uh, the law of unconditional love. Now, the law of unconditional love under it then has the law of free will, the law of free will, meaning as a conscious being, a thinking being, a sentient being, we can make up our own mind which way we want to go. Then we have the law of attraction. Now, the law of attraction is combined a lot with the law of free will as a, uh, as a concept to where if you have free will and then you think about something in using that free will, that thought is uh, falls under the law of attraction in the universe, and you're going to bring to you those frequencies that are within that attraction that you have just thought up or you have uh, tried to create. So you've got the, the law of one. Everything comes from the same source, whether and all sentient beings. You have to go back and look at all sentient, all sentient things. Everything is sentient, basically. In other words, a sentient being is something that can connect with God, with the source, with the consciousness. And that's everything. When you look at plants, animals, uh, humans, any of the uh, extraterrestrials from any other planet or any other uh, source of, uh, of their own God being, they all are connected through this universal consciousness. And that means they have frequencies in there that will either collide or will uh, uh, they will attract. So it all comes together. 
it all works as a as a concept that we are all one. We all can share the uh, the un- the unconditional love if we so choose, or we can reject it. We have the free will to do that. But one day we're probably going to come back because we are going to recognize that as a a spiritual being itself, a sentient being, to be able to to really make things work right, we're going to come back to that concept of being unconditionally loved by the uh, uh, by the all one. And I think that's when we progress through the different stages of, let's say, soul growth, because as our soul growth. Uh-oh, he froze. Mm-hmm. Michael's just amazing. I know. Hey, Michael, <laughs> Um, seems like you froze there, buddy. <laughs> oh. So, let me... Okay. All right. So we can continue where we left off. Oh, I, I just wanted to ask this question. So um, how do you feel about, excuse me, oh my God, I'm trying to get over this cold or allergies or whatever. Um, I always try. Like the Bible in Genesis, it says, uh, let us create man in our image. What do you feel about that statement? Let us be in, let us be in what? Let us create man in our image. See man in our image? Mm-hmm. Well, it would make sense if you understood that the, uh, at least, now this is my opinion, so uh, the, the religious experts will, will probably not like this, but if you take that literally, in my, um, in other words, they're saying in my image. So who was the image then? If right. You're talking about the God of us create an hour. So I was wondering, does it tie into the whole? You know, we are all collectively God, the, the source, collectively. You know, together we create. Maybe I didn't understand exactly how the question asked. Then you're saying how. how our image is that's a complicated question because our image is the image of a um a a vessel that has god power in it so now when you look back at who are we as human beings and so you've got to go way back in history and you've got to to look at well, where did this body come from because if you look at, for instance, the ETs that we see, some of them look like grays. They, they, some of them are insectoids. Some of them are reptilians. So they all are experiencing the um, the God consciousness in their own way, in their own vessel. Right. Our vessel, this right. body, came from the, the original architects of it. When you when you listen to Lisa Renee's site. Um, because she talks a lot about the architects and, and how things are made. 
you go back and in, in fact into West Penry's uh, studies or you go into Swaru or any of those and you start looking back at okay where did this body come from who were the architects of this body well the beings that formed this body by thinking it into creation the first architects were those that created it into a form they called the Lyrans the Lyrans so the Lyrans are the body style of this body we inherited from them and we use that body style to experience within in other words our soul spirit complex is experiencing within this particular body type might want to call it this bio suit whereas if you talk to other extraterrestrials like the little arrow that uh that uh, Matilda O'Donnell McElroy was speaking with, that little arrow was in what she kept re so, um, saying that she was in a suit like a little doll suit because the, she said, she even told him, I'm going to leave the body behind and you can study it because it's not a biological body. It is a mechanical body produced basically so that we can experience within it we don't have to eat we don't have to have we can go into any kind of atmosphere etc cetera, etc cetera, and it will not kill us but of course they when you look at that uh, uh that full-blown um trend uh transmittal of those notes from matilda you'll find out that we at the end our people at the end murdered that little alien because they thought in their own minds that if we kill it it won't tell its people about us and come harm us which was totally in, uh, uh, fictitious because they totally didn't get the concept of what the little arrow was telling them that any bio suit or any suit that you're in any vessel you're in is um is controlled or is a vessel simply for that that soul spirit complex to experience within whether it's mechanical or biological or whatever so when you look at um the uh, the concept of okay we are made in the image of god well what is the image of god it's consciousness so Everything is in the image of God because it was made through the thought process of the uh, of the uh, of the connection with the consciousness, which then formed through the uh, manipulation of the frequency, like we were talking about earlier, to make it look like a physical something, a physical form, whether right. it's a plant, animal, or what. one of the interesting concepts is one of the ladies that that I listened to. She says she talks to trees. She goes and sits down by a tree, and she basically can telepathically speak with it, just like the lady does that speaks to our horses. And uh, so, and um, and so here we are. Here we are. We've got sentient beings that are all tied in to the universal consciousness through the in, the individual little consciousnesses that make up that universal. So if we want to pull data or information from the universal, then our connection with it through our soul spirit complex is automatically connected. 
We just ha we just don't remember how to connect it because of the limitations that are impregnated within this form that we are in. There are blocks in it. Now, as we grow in our soul growth and our consciousness, we begin to take those blocks out, lift those veils per yeah. se, and then are communicating in more depth with consciousness with God. And then the uh, all, the gloves are taken. Anything you think you can do, anything you can imagine you can do. But during this concept of being in this body and within this matrix, we are limited within this matrix because that's the way it's designed. We, we are here to be able to experience within this limited matrix. That is the matrix made up of the consciousnesses that are combined to make up that matrix within the many matrices and within the universal consciousness. It's all like little bubbles of uh, matrices impregnated with the consciousnesses from the sentient beings within that matrix. So, it's complicated. Okay, that's but then again, it's <laughs> so <laughs> well, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. Once you get it, and you uh, it starts coming into you, then you start expanding within it, and everything's bec everything becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. Yeah. That is what discernment is. Discernment yeah. means, hey, I'm beginning to see. The pictures of the the pieces of the puzzle come together, yeah. and now I can see why we have evil, why we have good, why yeah. we have the cold, why we have cold. All of these things within yeah. this matrix, which was made for us to experience in within this atmosphere, within this matrix, everything that is impregnated or forming or has been formed has been designed, created within this matrix that we are in. And we can get out of it. That's the sweet part. Once you once you start getting discernment, then you're ready to move on to another matrix in an in a whole different reality. We create our own realities here. We don't have to live in the reality of the people that are around us at all. Right. But of course, they may look at you and say, "My God, that guy's nuts," because he doesn't believe like I do. Right. He thinks he can do things. That that I know he can't, but his knowing and my knowing are two different things. So, and it is every individual you come to. Well, you you get to where you look at a at, at another being, and and by listening to what they say, you start getting the concept of where that person is in what and their soul growth. And as that soul growth extends and and matures. It gets to a point to where the game gets boring. I might as well go do another game. This yeah. one is old hat. Right. But until you get there, you got a lot to learn and a lot to experience. And you know what? Once you kind of get discernment and you get these ideas coming in, it's you can look around and you can see all these people that just aren't where you are, but it doesn't matter. Because they're in their own soul growth path, right. their own voice. So, but those are the things to me, that is what religions should be teaching us. They should be teaching us that 
We are a part of the whole, that we have unconditional love. We don't need a savior. We're our own savior. We just need discernment so that we understand that we don't need a savior. So all of these concepts have to come together and blend so that you get that discernment and you grow to your soul growth and then perhaps go on. When you look at, for instance, at Lisa Renee's site is a site dedicated to the star seeds. And I'm talking about the star seeds that have come here basically within the last hundred years. When you look back at Dolores Cannon, she talks about the waves of the star seeds that are coming in that have come in in the last 75 to 100 years. And they kind of come in in waves. Then you connect that with the negative alien agenda or the controllers. They know who these star seeds are and they start going against them, trying to block them from telling the others, because as they tell others, they mature in their soul growth. Then they get to a point to where, okay, I'm tired of this game. I want to go somewhere else. But the controllers don't want to lose them. They want to keep them in their possession, you could say, yeah. and have them manipulated in the, in the uh, concept that they the, and their agenda want to have them as. Why would we, for instance, if we didn't have some of this discernment, or if we did have discernment, how would we let babies work in minds, these children work in minds to make the, the gather the uh, the mining um, uh, ore and this kind of thing to make these stupid batteries when we have zero point energy and we don't need to do any of that and we certainly don't need to be polluting our own children. So there's so much that we need to learn and I guess it's all part of the experimentation but we finally hopefully we'll get, hopefully we'll, we'll get to a point to where Okay, we see the game. Um, we have enough of us now that understand it that we can change the game. And uh, maybe it's time to change the game. That's kind of like uh, what people are thinking about when they're thinking about the ascension process, because the ascension process is basically liberating the mind to where you're getting that, that uh, better flow of your connection with consciousness. That's what it's all about. That's what it all means, ascension. What, uh, that's, anyway, like I said, that goes on and on and on. So, but that is some of the things that when you start looking at religion that I was talking about earlier is why do they hide this by producing a religion that tells us that we need a savior, that we need all these other things? Because, if we find out we don't need them, it's game over for the controllers because they can no longer control us. Right. There we are. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that and you know, uh, who was it? I think it was Billy Carson. I saw he said something about, you know, this game can be over pretty quickly. It, it's just that we all have to be on the same page and we all just have to stop playing their game. And that makes yeah. sense. It's like we're all just playing mm -hmm. a game, guys. And if we just choose to stop, they they have well, the power. We and have Sheena, the power. You're right. Yeah, Travis. When when we look at the at the overall concept of the sentient beings that are using their power to create the consciousness, yeah. When you listen to, for instance, um. <laughs> um 
Swaru.org. We are talking to with the Tugetans there. They are giving us information that says that basically only one out of five or one out of seven is actually Im implementing their thoughts into the control of the consciousness that controls the matrix. So we don't need 100% of the population. We only need enough of the uh, of the soul spirit um, uh, individuals to come together with the like mind, and we can change this this whole concept of this matrix basically overnight. Basically, oh, we just wow. stop believing um, that we need to be controlled, or that we are. And in other words, get out of the slave concept mindset, and just mm -hmm. go be the um, uh, the individuals that produce a a totally different concept for this matrix. Then you got something. Right now, what have we got? We've got controllers that control us through the monetary system, through uh, the media system, and this kind of thing, linking together, especially the two laws of free will and the law of attraction. Now, what does that mean? That means that if, if we have free will, and that free will brings in the attraction that we're thinking about, then how do they manipulate us? They manipulate us by putting an idea into my, our mind that will then develop because of the law of attraction, especially if it is focused upon. So when you, but if you want something not to be focused on, what do you do? You produce chaos. What did the, does the news media produce? They produce chaos, chaos so That's that no one is on the same sheet of music. There's this chaotic thought going all over the place, and nobody is focusing on getting things done that would change the matrix. Because if you start focusing on that, bam, the whole matrix changes. Yes. So yeah. makes makes sense. Yeah. 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 Makes sense, and it. You're, you're right. These are people in high places of power, and they're dealing with, you know, high power stuff. You know, it's not mm -hmm. simple. They're not dealing with any simple, <laughs> you know, things. It's very. Well, you know what? Those all powerful controllers only mm -hmm. have that control. That control, if we relinquish our sovereignty to them, that's if true. we hold our own, they don't have a chance, that's and they true. know that. And that's why they go into these things like trying to block our uh, connection with source through what right. vaccine through the food that we eat, through the spraying us with chemicals that block our thoughts. Every direction, every direction, in every direction, yes. all planned out, you know, it's like of this big plan and they've just been executing, executing, executing. Mm -hmm. But the good yeah. thing is it's all, all being exposed, so a lot of people are waking up and yeah, they're seeing they what are. they're doing, so. Yeah, I think they forgot that part, you know, everything happens right. in cycles and phases and seasons it's not going to be that way forever somebody's gonna you know say something and wake the mouse is up mm -hmm. with one person yeah that's yeah. right well when you look back at the information that matilda o'donnell McElroy was holding for 60 years mainly because she was afraid of death because if she relinquished that information she'd already been told you're protected by the government. 
So what does that mean? If you get outside of what we want you to 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 uh, to think and to uh, to to have action in, we're going to take you out, woman. So she knew, but when she after sixty years, she said, "You know what? Now they can kill me because I've had my life uh, as long as I want to go. I am going now to be a whistleblower and put out the info and let people take it as they wish." They can take it as fiction or they can take it as fact, but at least it puts that mind concept into the people because that's all anything is, is a mind concept. Right. It's like when they want to control your mind by, by artificial intelligence used in the, the uh, uh, all of the different aspects of, of the media and the technologies in this thing. We'll get into technologies later. Why do we need a technology when we have God technology? Right. Because if we have God technology, we don't need anything. We can travel on our own. We can have our own reality or whatever using God technology. We don't need anything coming from Amazon or anybody else or uh, 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 General General Dynamics or any of them. We don't need it. So right and. That is something for sure they don't want anybody to understand, not even their own workers. Mm. They all, everything is compartmentalized in the government entities. Why? Because they don't want them to put the pieces of the puzzle together and come That's up right. with Oh, right. God. Yeah. Don't do, want the brain thinking. Be distracted yeah. by this reality show. You need to be distracted by this. Yeah. By that, distract, distract, yeah. distract, 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 so they can't see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how they conquer. They divide and distract. Oh, that's like divide, divide and distract because this yeah. thing, it's not even real. It's all an illusion. When and you, the are when you look back and you start asking oh. yourself, how does how do we hold this matrix? How do we hold that? I'm looking at a TV screen, something physical. How do we hold that together? And yeah. how, in other words, we, we discussed earlier that you have to focus on something and have a point of attention. So uh -huh. where do you point of attention to make it hold a physical reality? That is where the subconscious mind comes into in the Lyrian body that we have. We've got two different brains, basically, almost. We've got a division between a conscious and a subconscious. The subconscious is the program mind that we are born with that has all that, those points of attention in it so that when we see that car going down the road or we come up and touch that tree, it is the same with everybody because it's in everyone's subconscious mind. And that is the programming that is there that has to be there to hold the universe into its concept of being a universe or, or this matrix and this earth as being an earth or whatever. You have to impregnate that point of attention into the the vessel of whatever being it is you're talking with. If you look at the insectoids, the reptilians, uh, the, the grays, the tall whites, any of them, they have somewhere in their consciousness concept of that individual a a um, a programming that holds that focus into the background so that we all see 
the same universal concepts. Yeah. Kind of interesting, isn't it? That's we very all interesting. have that in common. We all have that connection that makes us all see the universe as the universe that that we that we perceive. Now, when we're here in this limited reality, there are those all around us that are not limited by our limitations. So they see us and we don't see them. I used to, to visit with an old old guy that was 139 years old, an old Bedouin. Wow. He knew he could travel and watch me in the night or basically uh, look at me and see what I was doing. And because he and a friend of mine were talking and he said, well, Michael ha has done this and he's done that. And I, I said, and I, when my friend started telling me, I said, so where did you get that information? And he said, well, the old better one was watching you. And I said, oh, no, okay. So that's what we can all do when we learn basically to uh, have our virtual realities and we all, we, we learn how to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, what's it called? Remote sense or remote view. One of the things mm -hmm. that we studied when I was when I was uh, in college was what we call then remote sensing, where we would take a um, a, a side looking airborne radar and we would go over the Earth and take pictures every thirteen square miles. There was a picture, and and off of those pictures, we got exactly we knew how many bushels of corn, how many bushels of uh, potatoes, or everything else was because it was all then a frequency on those 13 mile square uh, pictures. And that was Landsat photography back, way back, Landsat 1. And the the ones that were controlling the economies then knew exactly what to invest in and how much, how much corn and how much, how much living potential there was in everything on earth. And that's old, old technology that we used back then. Now it was Landsat wow. 4, Landsat 5, whatever. And they they basically can tell you how many bushels of everything there is on, on Earth and how much it's oh, been wow. growing. They wow. even can look at a field and tell you where it needs fertilizer and everything else from those from those uh, shots. So wow. there is so much out there that it is hidden from us that's in plain sight. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's how they hide it. Yeah. Yep. They had it in plain sight. Yeah. Yep. They do it in movies, yeah. commercials, <laughs> everywhere. Mm. Yeah. They tell yeah. you everything you want to know. It's right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the yeah. thing is, most people who, like, the people who are not aware and they're, like, still yep. sleeping and stuff, they, they just, they buy it, you know, and it's, it's, it's not their fault. They just don't see the illusion, you know, yeah. blinded by the illusion. Yeah. We used to have a much better technology of um, of uh, ultraviolet light. Now, when you get cameras that, that shoot in UV and this kind of thing, it doesn't have the same depth perception and the same quality that it did back in the 50s and 60s. Why? Because if you have that technology and you set up a camera or whatever, you're not only going to see the animals and stuff at night, but you're going to see the spirits that go by. 
you're going to see the orbs and the, and the spirits of uh, of those that are around you and the different beings and this kind of thing. So it's hidden from us through, through engineering the technologies so that we can't see what's right in front of us. Yeah, that's why it's a it's a shame that we can't just get this simple ideas and explanations of how things work. We can look up. See the dadgum planes spraying us, but yet nobody says a blooming thing about it on any of the TV channels because they can't. There's a gag order on, for instance, all of the uh, the newscasters or the those that are uh, the uh, meteorologists and people that predict the weather. They don't predict the weather anymore. They read a script, and they have a gag order that says they can't go off script. Oh. That is a fact. That mm-hmm. that is a gag order that you can download off of uh, uh, Dane Wigginton's site and uh, and and see those kind of things and see the the uh, all of the different um, uh, formula for all the different things that change the weather, et cetera, et cetera. If we ever get smart enough, when we have a hailstorm that beats the crap out of your house and your car, we ought to sue the government. For, for for putting that into the weather and having it beat us up. Right. That's, at that point, we got something. Yeah. That's when people will start waking up and say, Dad, gummit, they just flooded my house. Why did they do that? Why did heart come in into play? Why did we have this deluge of water when yeah. they could have diverted it and, and, and took it somewhere else? Why right. did that hurricane hit here when they they obviously could have guided it back out into the ocean again right. they've been doing it for, for 50 to 60 years right mm-hmm. so every time that hurricane hits the land it is not our fault it's not nature's fault it was guided there guided. so all of these things kind of kind of come into vogue into view when you start looking and having discernment about what's really going on yeah, and I'm sure I've said way too much. <laughs> oh my gosh, you didn't say enough. There's so much more. There's so much going on. There's so, so much. Yeah. And so Shana, let me ask you a question. What frequency sure. do you want to have these um, these meetings, these podcasts? Every once every two weeks. Um. Yeah, I think once every two weeks would be good. Um, okay. What What about you guys? Because I I know we'll like to probably that's what we're saying once every two weeks with this particular subjects, but we can do others too. Yeah. You know, not not in the same group, but just different ones that we need to do for other things too. Yeah, I mean we can do it once a week. You know, that's yeah. Really, yeah, because there's so no. much to talk about. Look, I I was telling them when you left. Um, Michael, that even the the law of one, just the law of one alone, will probably have like a series of episodes just on that one subject. Because I remember, oh my God. <laughs> there are five books out from the raw material. The raw material. There's nothing. It's all on the law of one. You can yeah. talk forever on the law of one. I know. And forever. as you can, most of these laws. And. Like I said, we'll never run out of of information Except because there's no. there's just so much there. So yeah. Much. Hey, Michael, can you do me a favor and write a list of all the things that you refer to as far as areas where you get this information, so we can start our own journeys? 
with this you know information yeah and also um you mean the uh, sources the yeah sources yeah oh. okay let me tell you sorry let me tell you what i'm gonna do there i uh, have a website that is called um managing discipline.com uh-huh. and i'm gonna put the the uh the gist of the um podcast under podcast on it i think uh I already decided to let me see if I've got it up. Uh, you said managingdiscipline.com? Managing discipline.com because I was teaching if you if you don't have discipline, none of this means anything to you because you don't have the discipline in your mind to hold that focus that we're talking about. Right. If you can't if you don't have discipline and hold that focus, then your life is shambles. Yeah, you can't anything work because you can't keep the the focus long enough on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. because it will just dissipate. Like I said, dissipate back into the source again, and it's gone. But if you can hold your focus, which is what discipline, then mm-hmm. you can always you can make your life the way you want it. That's why I call this this uh, website managingdiscipline.com that because is if you so can't on then then you're lost yeah yeah that's true um the uh, there's a book that i'm reading right now it's a self-help book by brian tracy called no excuses i love that book i listen to it over and over and over, and over because it keeps me on my toes it, it keeps me motivated when i don't listen to it i feel like I will stray away. I will start to procrastinate. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. oh, Sheena, no, 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 go down that hole again. Then I'll pop that book back in, yeah. and then he just, he just gets yeah. all fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, discipline in our mind is the is the uh, is the real key to any kind of success in your in your business life or anything else. So, yes. um, and when you're, I, I mean. My mind normally goes about a thousand miles per hour. So yeah. being able to slow that down and discipline it to 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 have focus is a major thing for me. Right. And, and it is me too. because we are taught from youth to discipline our mind. Mm-hmm. We're taught right. just to let things happen, you know, be happy. Yeah. Well, that's not the way life really works. You yeah. need to discipline your mind. To stay in focus on That's what it right. is you're trying to do. That's right. No matter what it is. That is so true. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. But it's yeah. Anybody who takes this advice will go no. far enough. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. yes. It's so simple, but so powerful at the same time. It is. Yeah. Well, well, Michael, um, we can end it here for tonight. Um Okay. And then continue on next week. We can have one next week. Um, I need to keep more in contact with you guys, so we'll work on that. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and, and we'll come up. We'll come up with an uh, a name for the new podcast. That's so for those, sure. For those of you who are listening, if you want to uh, contribute by giving us ideas for a podcast name, that is more than I do. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do need to come up with a podcast name because this is going to be good. 
people there's people who are hungry for this kind of information. So yeah. Well I know I always was I was so hungry, like you said, hungry for information that would clarify things. Clarify and things. um yeah. and we just we just didn't I just couldn't find it in the normal channels. And yeah, right. and I will put this on that managing discipline dot com. Um I'll I'll make a heading called podcast or something on it so that that it can be viewed there. That way you can find all the sources and go to the websites and this kind of thing. And they'll all be there. In fact, I, uh, um, I might start putting a, um, um, at the bottom of it, putting the sources in a line so that you don't have to go in and dig them out. They'll yep. just be down there. Where you, can, you can, uh, click uh, on them. Like in Phoenix. Yeah. All right. Yes, absolutely. All okay. right. Thanks. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> well, uh, for coming together and starting this. I'm very excited about it because the subject matter is top tier. <laughs> it is, top definitely. Tier, especially in the times that we're living in now, there's a lot of people that's hungry for this information because there's like, what is going on? What is going on in the world today? I don't understand it. It's crazy. It's mad. Mm-hmm. I feel happy. I feel sad. I don't know how to manage my emotions. So much going on, and people just have so many questions and they want answers. So, the more we can answer for them and get our answers, questions and questions answered, um, at the same time, yeah. then it's a win-win, you know. And yeah, yeah, we're gonna start advertising as well for the podcast. Yes, yes. we need to come up with a name. <laughs> And uh, logo. Um, if you guys are not really into the creative stuff, I mean, I can do it. You know, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, no we'll let you do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the name, I want us to collectively come up with a, a good name for the podcast, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited yeah. about it. I'm really source excited connection. About it. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wait, what did you say? Source connection. Soul's connection? Source connection. Source, would be, source connection. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm writing that down. Source connection. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. 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 It has a ring to it. That's for sure. It has a ring to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do like that. We can come up with a couple yeah. more or whatever. We decide which one we like better. <laughs> then, we, then we can vote on it. Yeah. Vote on it. Yeah. <laughs> be diplomatic about it. Right. (laughs) Well, guys, it was so nice hanging out with you guys for the evening. Um, And I guess we'll see each other next week. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds Sounds good. good. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Yeah. If y'all come up with ideas you want me to talk about or something, then email me at at, uh, um, the Freedom Stores. In fact, I've got an email, too, on that website that you can send me information on. So on the managingdiscipline.com, there's a, there's a, um, there's always an email on there that, um, that you can use to get in, in contact with me. But I really do like Freedom's Shores at Gmail. That just okay. kind of fits with everything that I try to do. We're, we're trying to find freedom here. That's and right. that's, uh, that's what this is all about. That's true. That's a good name, Freedom Shores. I was just thinking that. That is good too. Yeah. Good. Let That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> was it the freedom choice? Freedom's choice. Freedom's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Freedom's Chores. That's my, my Gmail. Freedom'schores at gmail.com. Okay. The heck? Oh, one of them. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, see you guys. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.